And I was just thinking, like, if we are creatures who are in constant change and God is change, then I was I was just, like, struck by this uh, comforting feeling that it's like, oh, we're, we're made up of the stuff of gods. And part of liberation for me is being able to recognize the God in someone else and each other um, and, like, leaving enough space to for other people to recognize the God in me. This is Healing Justice Podcast, a virtual practice space at the intersection of collective healing and social change. My name is Kate Warning, and we are here with Kieran Kanaknut <laughs> coming back for season two. Hey! Yay! We did it! <laughs> we did it. Um, so thank you so much, Kieran, for hanging out with me. We are sitting um, in my collective house here in Brooklyn. Um, and we're going to get into some deeper conversation about what has been going on with the podcast team and what season two is going to be all about. But before we do that, I would love for people to meet you a little bit more. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Kieran. I use she and her pronouns. Who am I? What a question. <laughs> um, I... So we've known each other for a long time because I'm a Midwesterner. I'm from Ohio, um, first generation South Asian. I'm mm. a queer femme. Um, I I'm really tr- trying to not be like these are the points on my resume because how boring. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, I are so many points. Totally, and also <laughs> it was just like a really flat and ableist like mm. version of me. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, my favorite cl- color is glitter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I um, started in environmental work and I say environmental as like a difference from climate justice because I think it, my orientation was very environmental based mm-hmm. um, in Appalachia and Southern Ohio. Moved on to voting rights as most Ohioans do at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, did student right organizing where you and I actually met at the mm-hmm. National Student Power Convergence in 2013 mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. Uh, and then I did queer rights organizing, and then I took a break because mm. the movement is hard, mm. and I needed healthcare. <laughs> yeah, and and then most recently I've worked in philanthropy, so everywhere, a lot of places, a lot of places, yeah. um, and I'm also a facilitator and trainer. And you're now living here in Brooklyn, too, kind of right nearby. Yeah, yeah. Um, And you are also, I mean, you got really involved in the fall in the podcast team in, like, supporting, especially around the live show that we did in December. For folks who haven't heard it, you can go back and listen to that episode. It was a couple episodes ago. It's really fun. The music from the Peace Poets is, like, incredible. I just listened to the intro of that music so many times in the morning when I need to pick me up. Um, but you were super instrumental in that hosting team and just like got more and more involved in the project and came mm. closer and closer, have been a huge support for me and in thinking through this work. And now you are part of our incoming, um, finally formalized advisory board. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so happy that you're here. And the incredible other folks who are joining us, Shauna Wakefield, Maura Bailey, uh, Alana Lerman. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm like, oh, right. I didn't like come on until December, but because I've been doing the practices and like listening, I'm like, no, no, I'm part, I've, did, I've done it. I'm part of it. <laughs> but like, you know, like listening to the podcast in my shower is different than being part of the live show. Sure. Totally. <laughs> More clothes involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, here we are. 
Um, yeah, what made it? What made me want to do this? Well, I think first off, you and I have had a long relationship. You are somebody who, in my experience, has made very clear and direct asks of me, which makes it really easy for me to show up or to not, mm. which feels really good. Um, and New York can feel like a very lonely place for me as a Midwesterner. It's just like the way that relationships are created is is different than like the. It just has a different tempo than what I I was like raised with or like understand. You are somebody who shows up for me in a way that feels really familiar, mm. both like in community as like interpersonal, but also like in movement. I know the times that you said no to me, you've, it's been like a really clear and like defined boundary, which is like, it just like makes me easier. It makes it easier to be in community with you. Mm. Um, so yeah, you made a direct ask of me around the the birthday party and I was like, yeah, that's a, that's definitely a thing I want to do. <laughs> There's cake. What's up? <laughs> um, and then I think also, like, I feel really drawn to movement things that are accessible in all senses of the word. Mm. Right? And I know that, like, Healing Justice Podcast has, like, taken even bigger strides to make this medium more accessible this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe do you do you want to say a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, well I, I just want to do a shout out to the Access team yes. because we put out a call earlier this. I want to say maybe in February only, and now it's the beginning of April. Yeah. And we put out on our email list and on social media, and we said we need a robust volunteer team to work on accessibility for this project, which includes a lot of things. I mean, even things that we worked on last year for the live show about mm-hmm. like innovating, trying to figure out a ramp and having a fragrance-free space mm. for our show when, like, the physical spaces we had access to in New York were totally unaccommodating. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about, especially because this is an audio resource, like, the primary way that we can make ourselves more accessible is through transcripts mm-hmm. that are clear and accurate and easily available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we put out a call and we said, hey, this volunteer role is a lot of really detailed work, and to me, it doesn't sound like the most fun thing in the world to do, mm-hmm. but we need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and over 80 people signed up to be part of that team. Like Amazing. that blew me away. And I feel like just says so much about the people who are listening and the commitments that they have mm-hmm. to be willing on top of other organizing work and commitment to movement, like sit and do really detailed work mm-hmm. of transcription. And so also shout out to Erica Wolf, who's been coordinating those volunteers, which is a massive role within itself. Mm. Um, and we are well on our way. We are um, getting close to halfway done of transcribing the 82 plus past episodes and are going to launch a whole new section of our site with those transcripts. And like this crew has not only been transcribing, but also studying disability justice frameworks mm. together. Mm. So my hope is that we're also together, like developing broad leadership that mm-hmm. is attuned to these things and is asking mm-hmm. the right questions in our own spaces about accessibility, that it's not just about this project. So thank you so much, Access Team. You're freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, friends. Uh, yeah. I mean, accessible in every sense and is like adaptable and interested in like, like having the really hard conversations and timely conversations without focusing on like virality Mm. or like what's sexy. Like what I think that it's like scary and nerve wracking to be part of like a, an 
real-time archival process. Mm. Like, the permanence of this recording is, like, feels very nerve-wracking to me mm-hmm. and exciting, you mm-hmm. know? So I feel feel really lucky to be pr- to be part of it. Well, I'm super grateful you're here. And so part of what we want to do today is just, like, bring listeners in on our process over the past few months where we've been quieter than we had been in the year prior <laughs> and to also let people know what's coming up next. So mm-hmm. how do you want to have that conversation? Um, maybe do you want to catch us up on some stuff that's been happening since the, like, last show, our birthday party? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Totally. So, um, the birthday party show was incredible. Like, 150 people showed up here in Brooklyn. Gorgeous folks. People who've known each other for a long time. People who are meeting each other for the first time. Like, and really, for me, it created this visceral experience of really understanding the community that we are not creating, but we are engaging with Mm. and how hungry we all are to just be together. Mm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's been a few things that have been happening since then. I mean, one one huge thing is the access team Mm -hmm. coming together virtually from literally all around the world um, to participate more directly in the project. Another one is that you all met, if you listened to the live show, you met this incredible person, Jillian White, Mm -hmm. who came on as a producer for a couple months Mm -hmm. and helped pull off that show, which I would have never thought possible without her presence. (laughs) Um, And recently, Jillian um, decided that she needs to move on to a different role, Mm -hmm. uh, which we super blessed her in doing. And so we had like dynamism of people moving into the team, Mm. moving out of the team, Mm -hmm. roles changing. And part of that is this new generative energy around the advisory board, Mm -hmm. um, which you're part of. And we have for the end of the month, like our first day long (laughs) retreat. And what else has been going on? I mean, One awesome update, I had a friend, Leo, who texted me yesterday, who was at the uh, part of the end of year fundraising that we were doing. Uh, So many of you gave to our Facebook fundraiser, um, joined us on Patreon, Mm. gave at the live show. Um, Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. Um, (laughs) And Leo was asking, like, hey, did you raise enough? Like, is this going to keep going? And um, I find that for other people who've managed sort of like nonprofit budgets, like, (laughs) Um, I find that a hard question to answer because it's a it's like a yes and mm. like yes we raised enough to prove to ourselves that we believe we can raise enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like our budget is not met for the year. We still need a lot of help and support, but we receive enough of an outflowing of support that we feel like we can realistically have mm. solid ground in saying like we can really continue this project mm-hmm. and not only that but we can bring in I mean folks will see in the coming weeks like some job postings go up <gasps> we can bring in like a couple new kind of part-time supports into the team yes. and we can really start to like give infrastructure in a sustainable way mm-hmm. to supporting this community mm. um, so huge victory there that so many of you are like very materially part of. Mm, mm-hmm. um, what else am I not remembering? What else has been going on? Well, I think you've traveled a bit. Oh yeah, to do some things. True. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that was directly podcast related is it was really fun to be in Miami yes. and to do our second live show there with the Funders Network. Amazing. Um, that was really cool. And I also took off for three weeks and didn't do this. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> um, and got to go to Mexico, visit one of my housemates who is from Mexico and is back there now. Mm. And also got to go to like a 
totally explosive New Year's party with the Zapatistas, which Casual. is just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Um, that was really beautiful and amazing. And to see a community, to experience like in an embodied way, a community that I've read about and mm. watched videos about and learned about for a long time. Mm-hmm. And to go and actually just be with people and see everything from like the incredible prophetic radical way in which they're building community mm. that the comedors that are um that are up in uh la realidad in the mountains like are all totally painted with incredible badass images of, of indigenous women's leadership mm the military demonstrations, the incredible mm-hmm. discipline, and also just, like, people dancing cumbia mm. at, like, five in the morning. Yes. Or, like, you know, like, young people, like, checking each other mm. out. Like, <laughs> being normal-ass yes. people. Um, so that, I think, it was, for me, it helped, like, de-romanticize a mm. little bit. Yeah. Like, the way that, that we can do this to, like, and particularly white people can do this to, like, the global south, mm. to people of color, to indigenous mm-hmm. movements, and just be like... Oh my God, like mm. they're so perfect. Mm. Like every, you know, and to just experience the humanity mm-hmm. of that place was felt like such an enormously generous invitation. Mm. Um, and the food was bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah. What have you been up to in these four months <laughs> in these transition times? Yeah. Um, a lot of family stuff, which is like, I don't take lightly as, like, a queer person. A lot of, like, um, both chosen family. Like It's, like, I'm, like, remembering and redefining, as always, what family means as, like, a queer person. Um, I spent New Year's with my partner's family, mm-hmm. which was, again, such a, like, generous gift as a queer person. Don't take that lightly. Mm-hmm. feel very, very fortunate to have families that are interested in in, like maintaining a relationship with us that feels generative. Um, And then that was, like, January. You know, like, the going and the, like, remembering who we are in our own lives sort of thing. Um, And then February in New York is hard. Mm. It's, like, all the snow has melted, but it's still cold as hell. (laughs) And it's, like, yeah, it's just hard. Um, And so February was a lot of uh, inward, Mm -hmm. like leaning on like what family means in the city and connection means in the city and like trying to figure out figure out that um and so much Netflix like so much <laughs> Netflix <laughs> and then in March um my grandmother passed away mm-hmm. which was yeah it's it, it's really hard you know it's like the first week of April so it was a month on the 7th mm. um and yeah i mean she i have a transnational family and that means that I have family all over the world, but uh, big hubs <laughs> are in the U.S. and in India. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I went back with my whole family, which, again, first of all, let's just say fuck borders. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck borders. Mm-hmm. And everybody who keeps them up. Like, ugh. I just, I, like, want to, like, both shake and hug all the people who keep it up and be like, you— you're so much more human than this. Mm. Like, you are. You don't have to keep doing this this way. Mm. Like, join us, you know? Um, So, fuck borders. And, yeah, I think going to India for the first time in 16 years. So long. Which is wild. So, some of the things that have happened most, like, 
connected to where I'm from, where, like, my hometown is, is that the tsunami happened, mm-hmm. like, what, 13 years ago? Wow. Which is wild, right? So it's, like, it's like within the memory of folks as, like, a major climate-related disaster. And, like, floods have happened since then, right? And it's, like, climate change is not lost on, on the people of my hometown. Um, but then to also see how the city's infrastructure has, like, radically shifted to um, respond to extreme climate is was incredible. Um, but yeah, I think going to India was both, uh, it's like the extremes, right? A balance of like deep gratitude and acknowledgement of privilege and also like devastating grief. And I think I got to like, it feels incredible to honor my family and what family means through grief. I think that we're taught shame about grief and specifically grieving death in like this culture and this, this continent. Um, and it feels really honorable to grieve my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And it feels like very, I feel uh, very lucky to have had a relationship with her to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so going through the rituals of, we're Catholic, so there's like all of those different rituals, like a, a wake and a funeral. And um, we do a seventh day thing. And yeah, all that sort of stuff. And then coming back from India was like, I don't know if this is how it was for you in um, like the early radicalization times, Mm. but I remember the time in college that I like learned about the patriarchy. And it was like, I like left those like lectures and I was like, it's all around me. You know, it was like seeing the matrix. Mm. Um, And coming back to this country It was like seeing the matrix of white supremacy, but someone had turned the glare up Mm. and it felt like blinding. Mm. And it was, yeah, I think just like sitting in the reality of like remembering parts of who I am means uh, grieving the ways that those parts were made small and like negotiated Mm. and like agency was taken away from them, from those parts. Um, Yeah. So a lot of family time this March, mm-hmm. and, like, very, very grateful. Also, the food was bomb, uh-huh. which makes it hard to eat food here. Common theme. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Like, you know, we live in, like, a global city, so it's not, it's not like, out of reach. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I think just, like, figuring out what the next step of um, support for this project looks like and, mm-hmm. and like, remem- like, getting to remember my place in mm. as like a transnational person, as like an immigrant, as a like a revolutionary or somebody who's like devoted to liberation, like all of those things feel like I have new words and space and capacity to negotiate, mm-hmm. which is such a blessing. Mm. Diaspora is real. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the ways that you've been sharing, even in in conversation, but also in little Mm. ways on social media and stuff Mm. like that processing of coming back. Because I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, those multiple layers of feeling on top of, like, the very interpersonal grief Mm. of having Mm -hmm. lost your grandmother, like, it's just very intense and very recent. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So really appreciating the space that you're taking for Mm. that and also, like, the the knowing of how relevant it is to share. Yeah. <laughs> like that is not, that yeah. grief and those feelings about diaspora, like those are not things to like privatize and like deal with on mm. your own and then show up to movement space and just try to be like practically useful. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, as you're saying that, it's like these last couple of months have been like the universe really being like, okay, your your analysis is like beautiful and necessary and like you're not going to think your way out of mm. these oppressive systems. You have to feel it. Mm. Um, and it feels like the universe has just like really reminded me that like I am of this world mm. and like connected to communities outside of like analysis or like the sort of traditional ways that like the nonprofit industrial complex has like told me that I can offer, right? It's like yeah. strategy is also lived within mm. myself and in within connection. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um I have a question for you. Okay, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so season two. You did yeah. a year. Yeah. So in my experience, I've I've had the like deep privilege of of listening to you talk about this project mm. in so many different ways, right? Like mm. on social media, in person, in meetings, like on this podcast, and grant proposals, like at the bar. Like it's like mm-hmm. I've heard so many different iterations, mm-hmm. and um, with the like spirit of like generosity and like leaning into like adaptiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, how how would you describe like? Can you define this podcast for me? Sure. (laughs) Yes. Well, it's an interesting question right now because we're also entering into a process of renaming this project. So actually there's like the the salient name of this project is Healing Justice Podcast. Mm -hmm. And there are two challenges Mm. in that name. One of them is that since the beginning, I've been trying to convince people that the word podcast is not that relevant. <laughs> um, like, I think folks, because podcasting is kind of like this, like, very vogue thing right now mm. of like, oh, everyone has to have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a way in which folks are forgetting that this is a tactic, not a strategy, mm. um, and are relating to this project as like, oh, it's like that radio thing. But like, what mm. are you really doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the actual, I mean, <clears throat> funders, but, um, <laughs> but like other people too, right? Like <laughs> yeah. not taking a media culture shift strategy mm-hmm. seriously as a comprehensive community building, possibility mm. shifting, imagination generating, leadership developing vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's like challenge number one is that actually we're starting to, it, it always has been a strategic orientation of this project mm-hmm. to be doing, um, to be creating more possibilities and more options for practice and shared language mm. and shared thinking and feeling mm-hmm. around how do we do this work differently and more powerfully mm. in a way that includes our whole selves. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Can I can I ask a question about that? That's so beautiful. Thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. And um, a thing that I got tripped up on mm-hmm. is, uh, can you just, what's the difference between tactic and strategy? Oh, yeah. So, okay. So not being very technical about it, I feel like a strategy is when you're thinking about, like, what is the big picture change mm-hmm. that you want to make mm-hmm. and how you want to go about doing it to yeah. build and include a lot of people along the way. Yes. And then a tactic is, like, what is the literal thing we're going to do today to make that happen? Okay. So like in direct action, it's like, okay, the strategy is that we're going to um, shift public support away from ICE and deportations Mm -hmm. so that we can pass legislation to like reduce and Mm -hmm. stop deportations in this country. Yeah. And the tactic is like, we're going to go 
we're going to go do direct action at all of the holding facilities across the country. Mm -hmm. And so the direct action isn't the point. Mm. Like it's something that we're choosing to do in order to further a bigger picture vision. I see. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, like what do you think? Because, like, you have your own answer to that question. No, I didn't. Sorry, it wasn't like a test. I wasn't like, what do you think it is, A, B, or C? Which is like part of the problem, right? Of like organizing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, what I was asking is like, how were you using those two words in, in your answer? And I think yeah. that that totally yeah. helped. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me with this project, like, the the vision is that our movements are so compelling and meet our needs so fully and differently Mm. than they can currently be met Mm. inside of the status quo and oppressive Mm -hmm. systems that masses and masses of people join our movements and experience fractions of liberation in doing so. Mm. And that that actually builds us the power that we need to create real structural change. Yeah. The strategy here is um, like we need to create supports and possibilities and connections so that people can start doing this work differently in a more visionary way, in a way that's aligned with that vision. Totally. And then this tactic is like, can we use media yes. as a way to reach and support people wherever they are in a given moment? Totally. Um, so that they can get some of that information and start to like, you can literally meet new people and have new collaborators through hearing them on the podcast. So it's like, oh my god! At that point, the pot. It's like, yeah, we're trying to podcast, but like, I feel very unattached. In fact, it'd be quite liberating. Sound editing is, like, very tedious. <laughs> like, I feel unattached as to, like, the future of the podcast. Mm. I feel very attached to the future of this vision and this strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's been part of the conversation around, like, yeah, like, it's a podcast, but, like, the podcast, like, isn't the goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, like, the end point. Yeah. Yeah, that's so clear. That's super helpful. Okay, Which good. makes me, like, like, very excited for what's next. Yeah. So what, like, what's going to happen? So what's going to happen? <laughs> so I feel very pumped about the ways that we're trying to experiment with building more community because mm-hmm. I think that was something really obvious at our live show is mm. that people just want to be together more. It felt that way. And it's not like we didn't know that, but <laughs> right. too, but it, it felt visceral. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're going to experiment slowly because I feel like there's... Like, it's just the worst when people try to create too much online infrastructure Mm. too fast. And it's like, join this Facebook group. Are you part of this? Mm. Are you part of this? Did you attend, like, these 10 webinars about undoing internalized oppression (laughs) while you're also working a full-time job and taking care of your kids? Right. Like, that gets so over – like, the expectations of – all these different communities Mm. we're supposed to be participating in are just too much. Yeah, the expectation part feels – it feels like it's um, it's a thing that's like at odds with like accessibility, right? It's like there there is a thing about like offering a lot of tools so that people have like access to these things, but if the expect if there's like an unheard expectation of you have to use all these tools to be a yeah. to have like a meaningful part of this community, it's like okay, those are in contradiction to each other, and they're like yeah. that's like the opposite yeah. of of how I understand accessibility. Yeah. You know? And that's what we've been trying to say all along with mm-hmm. the number of practices we're recording. <laughs> it's like, look, like these are options. Mm. See what you feel attracted to in a given moment. Lean back on this library when something's going down in your own life or in your organization. Mm-hmm. Like lean on this as a resource, but this is not assigned homework. Mm. Um, and one of the ways that we're going to actually like hold that vibe a little more clearly is that we're going to c- cut our production pace in half. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
So liberatory pace here for it. Instead of having, (laughs) instead of having a new conversation and a new practice every single week, which is super bonkers, Mm. um, we're going to do like one week you hear a conversation. The invitation that week is to just let it sink in, to sit with it, Mm -hmm. to contemplate it, to talk to somebody about it, like take it in. And then the following week, that same guest will offer a practice that Mm. offers you a way to try on some of the theme of what they were talking about. Yeah. So it's just a little bit more space, Mm -hmm. which is going to create more space for us too. But I think like as many times as we said, you don't have to listen to all these. You don't have to do all these. (laughs) The fact that we were being turbo as hell and putting them out (laughs) was like a little bit of a mixed message. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, So the pace is going to be slower. And we're also working on like, what are ways that feel generative to create options for more layers of community? Mm. And so one is the book club, (gasps) um, which the details are forthcoming, but we're going to do like something cute where you can get together in the books that you've been wanting to read um, that you know are going to feel really nourishing, but just kind of never fit into the schedule. Or pretended that you have read. Or that. <laughs> no, I've like totally read the revolution will be funded for sure. I have definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that we're gonna do book club so that you can read it like with the momentum of a community around you. Oh, thank God! You can have options together with mm-hmm. people in person and have discussion questions if you want to, but you don't have to to be part of the book club. Mm. And then we're gonna do talks with the authors where you can actually like <gasps> ask questions and engage in. Uh, some more generative, like, thinking around application of that content to your own work. what a dream. So I think that one sounds fun, and I like it, too, because it's going to put me on a reading schedule, and (laughs) I really need that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And let's see what else. So it also is, like, it, like, demystifies the, like, high, like, hyper-intellectualism that can come along with this work. I I appreciate the, the commitment to, um, the commitment to study, but not, in isolation, in community. And it's so important, like, it's so rare that people who are really at the forefront of doing this work actually have the space and make the choice to Mm. write and to be reflective. Like, Mm. one of the big kind of losses that we experience in transfer of generational knowledge Mm. is that people who are really on the forefront of doing this work, like, they do not have time to reflect. Mm -hmm. They do not have time to write. Um, oftentimes their lives are cut short in a way that maybe they would have written someday, Mm. but like that time never came in Mm -hmm. time. And so I'm also really excited about like for folks who are really prioritizing, like disseminating some Mm. of their wisdom that's been really hard won Mm. in this work that we slow ourselves down enough to, um, really listen to that wisdom and also support them like buy their book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that's a really, a really incredible contribution that folks are making. We're looking at partnering with a couple different publishers, too, to get some, like, good, juicy, substantial discount codes that are also going to make buying those books more Very good. To be revealed. Very good. Um, The other thing I want to name, because I said, like, oh, like, the name of this project is actually not fully encapsulating it at this moment. I talked about the word podcast. Mm -hmm. But I want to name that we're also in a process of renaming the whole project, and we're not going to call it Healing Justice anymore. <sighs> okay. We said it. We said it out loud. So that is happening. Um, and honestly, this is actually a commitment that has felt 
increasingly clear since last summer. Like for those who listened to the reflection episodes from season one, Mm. you heard us talking about appropriation and privilege and the ways that language gets co-opted in our movements and really reflecting on like, what does it look like to be in integrity and relationship and accountability to the lineage of healing justice, Mm -hmm. which is a tangible lineage with the people who've done a lot of the work still alive and with us, mm-hmm. like you can call them <laughs> yeah, and you can talk to them and you can make a donation to their organization. Mm, that one. Um, <laughs> and so um, have been in accountability conversations around that. And we'll do a whole nother episode later on this because it's a really rich, important conversation. And I'm, um, I feel very responsible to, and also feel excited and ready to like yeah. do this in a public transparent way yeah. of what some of these conversations have been because this is not yeah. the first time and will not be the last that like work that has been really driven forward by queer folks, people of color, people with disabilities, folks from the South, like becomes increasingly popularized over decades. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of t- tensions come up mm-hmm. around how do we continue to advance and broaden this work, but also who gets to do that and mm. who gets supported to do mm-hmm. that. And so it feels like a very clear pivot moment for us to actually pay reverence to that tradition by, we're not actually separating ourselves from the term. We're not separating ourselves from those relationships and that lineage because my great hunger continues to be that we're in total accountability and relationship to amplifying that lineage Mm -hmm. and the ways that people would like it to be amplified. Um, And we are working hard to embody those principles. So we're not like removing ourselves from that relationship, Mm -hmm. but it's time for us to pick a new identity for ourselves Mm. that doesn't imply that this is the space that tells you what's going on Mm. with healing justice. Um, So you know, because you're coming to the board retreat (laughs) at the end of the month that we're going to do this whole naming workshop. Mm -hmm. And I feel really grateful to Adela Nieves Martinez, who many of you heard on episode 18, with Healing by Choice in Detroit, who is a healing justice elder from that lineage, who um, I was thinking like, oh, we can't come back from season two until we fix this. Mm -hmm. Like step one, change the name. Mm. Step two, update everything online. (laughs) Step three, now that you're perfect, come back with season two. (laughs) Oh, high bar. (laughs) Um, And I was talking to Adela. I was like, oh, like we're going to have this board meeting. And then like we have a three-hour block set aside and like the right name is going to come to us. (laughs) Totally. And Adela was like, yeah, like when's when's the two-year anniversary of the podcast? Mm. And I was like, well, it's in November of this year. Mm -hmm. And she was like, hmm, it feels really right that you would – complete the change of the name by that time. Mm. And my whole body just relaxed. Mm. Like I was like, oh, like we can actually continue to be in accountable process around this and really be moving it forward and prioritizing this. And we can give it the space that it needs. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, we don't have to like go radio silent, Mm -hmm. which is a very literal term in this scenario of radio. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Like we we don't have to like stop all of the work until that's fixed because it's not Mm. actually a fixing. That's right. It's like a, it's a realigning into right relationship. That's right. That is, it's increasing now that we're in this process. It's Mm going to increase and be an important moment around the moment of the name change but the accountability to stay moving into more and more right relationship will mm. also continue in growth after that. Yeah. 
So all of this is probably sounding very obvious for people who haven't been feeling responsible for it. <laughs> but like, this is a revelation yeah. for me. Like, okay, like, yep, we're in process. This needs to be changed. And and we're back at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for all that. I appreciate the ways that the way that you said that invited us to be in community with you. Mm. And that as like a new board member, it feels that's like that feels like a, a call that I am like very excited to take on. Like mm. I hear you saying that you felt responsible for it. And I, I just like want to affirm that I don't you're like not alone in that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for holding that for us for so long. And now you don't have to. Thank I you. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we got it. We got it. And there's so many incredible people like Adela, like Susan mm-hmm. Raffo, like Marsha Lee, like so many, like the crew at Generative Somatics who have been having some of those hard conversations too yeah. and have really extended themselves yeah. to help me not just feel like, oh, like we, we need to fix this thing. We need to go through this step, uh-huh. but have really spent time, spent patient time with me mm. to allow a deeper rooted understanding of why this is important um, and why it's mutually liberatory mm. to like sink into my bones. Yeah. And it's I'm talking about it too much now because we'll talk about it in a whole nother time. <laughs> but it just, it, I just also want to acknowledge that gift and that investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Learning takes a long time and it's kind of embarrassing how long it takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It also is like, I'm like, oh, wow, you're so... Like, you're so a part of this project. Like, the thing about healing is it's not linear. And, like, the practices are meant to be practices. They're meant to be, like, you revisit them and you you do them a lot. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just, like, I feel, it feels very exciting to me to be part of a, a project that is actually, like, prescribes these things and does them. Mm. Yeah, just doing this really publicly. Mm-hmm. And, like, learning with each other. And, like, yeah, it does take a long time, but, like... I, I like that we're setting the expectation that that's okay. Yeah. And that we're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you and I were talking earlier about this idea of growing in public. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's such a, it's so healing as an individual mm. to just be like, I can be here the way I am today because it's really all I've got. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be all I've got tomorrow. Mm. Like it's all it's all in process. And like I can bring that. I can be seen in that. Mm-hmm. And also that's just medicine for our movement cultures mm-hmm. who are like, can be really unforgiving yeah. and not create a lot of space for us to change. There's there's this episode that's coming up soon um, now that we're back with Phil Agnew, who was the previous mm-hmm. ED of Dream Defenders mm-hmm. and a beautiful human. And, um, mm-hmm. and we're talking all about transition. And one of the things that he talked about that impacts me the most is that he talked about how it was really important for him to create out, create ways that he could signal to other people that he was evolving. Mm. And I think about like the people that we put up in leadership mm. and how much we count on them to stay the same. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's like we're counting on them to stay the same because we have a consistent critique about them. Mm. But yeah, that really moved me. So we'll dig a little more into what transition and growing in public looks like with Philip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I am very excited for that. Mm. I would, I think I would listen to Phil, like, read the phone book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just has, like, such an amazing cadence to his voice and True. thoughtfulness. Um, yeah, I, in preparing for this, I spent a lot of time thinking about, like, the word transition and the word change. 
yeah, at first I was like, oh my God, change is so scary. Like, I, oh my, I like don't know what it means. It's like this thing. Um, and I realized that all of the things that were bubbling to the surface around change and transition for me were actually moments of um, when I like lost my agency mm-hmm. and change was sort of like handed to me or demanded of me. Um, and then I and then I was like, okay, okay, step back, mm-hmm. think about it. Um, and I, and like very quickly, I was like, yo, I I'm like in constant change. I'm in constant motion and in like constant nimbleness, and like feel very lucky to have carved out a life that allows for that. Um, and of course, the like famous Octavia Butler quote came to my mind, which I am gonna misquote now, and I feel very embarrassed, but. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Learning takes a long time. Um, Let's actually look it up because it feels worth it to say it. Okay, great. Okay. Okay, we got it. It's all that you touch, you change. All that you change changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. Mm -hmm. So, of course, that that comes up when, when the word change comes. And I was just thinking, like, if we are creatures who are in constant change and God is change, then I was, I was just like struck by this uh, comforting feeling that it's like, oh, we're, we're made up of the stuff of gods. And part of liberation for me is being able to recognize the God in someone else and each other um, and like leaving enough space to, for other people to recognize the God in me. Um, and yeah, I was, I was just struck by like, by what you're talking about with leadership being like very uh, static and like flattened. Mm. Mm. And for me being uh, in liberation, with each other, like liberatory relationships, is allowing space for change and for nuance and contradiction and like messiness and and like that's what that's what it will take. Mm. That feels like the note to end on. Karen. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, excellent bookmark. And that's so. That's also so the invitation that mm. I just want to like. If you are hearing us in your ears right now, like we're <laughs> reading the transcript, like mm-hmm. we invite you to show up in that way too. Mm. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of spaces we have to move in that don't give us that kind of dynamic relationship. Yeah. But let this be a place where you can come and be in change and be in transformation yeah. and be incomplete, which like frankly, there's not an option for you to not be those things. It's mm. just a matter of whether we're trying to perform on top of them. Right. Um, so that let part. this be a place where you can grow with us. And thank you for your patience and love and generosity with us as we grow mm. with you. Yeah. So season two, baby. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Kieran. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, everyone. This has been the first episode of season two of what is currently known as Healing Justice Podcast. Thank you for being with us. A huge thank you to my friend Kieran Kanakanat for joining me. Thank you to Sonia Hansen for editing this episode and to Zach Meyer at The Coal Room for your faithful sound design work. Thank you to Josiah Werning for visuals and Danny O'Brien for gifting us music. You can hang out with us on social media. Find us as Healing Justice Podcast on Facebook. HJ Podcast is our Twitter handle and at Healing Justice on Instagram. And another place you can find us is on our Patreon. Please become one of our supporters. Help power this work forward. You can become a sustaining member at patreon.com slash healing justice and some new special gifts and membership levels are coming for our Patreon supporters soon. 
We are so excited to bring you these incredible forthcoming episodes. We've got Philip Agnew talking about transition, the Icarus Project talking about destigmatizing mental health, relational uprising on the practice of relational somatics. Um, we're talking with Carlos Saavedra and James Hayes about movement ecology. There is so much goodness on the way. So excited to share it with you. And you can expect our first conversation of the season to drop next week and shifting to this new rhythm of a conversation one week and a practice that you can apply to your work the next week. So we hope you'll join us, try on some of the practices, steep in some of the ideas, and keep on being in community with us. Hear you soon. <laughs>